Hello, bold and conscious leader. Welcome to our new and refreshed 2022 season of the Bold Conscious Connections podcast, where we bring to you people who have shown special courage, character, and consistency to express themselves fully. After all, as long as we're alive, we want to live a full life, don't we? So our guests that we bring demonstrate that they do not want to die with their gifts because we're all meant to be given gifts that we share with others. And this is how we play our part in raising our collective consciousness in this world through this podcast called Bold Conscious Connections. So without further ado, let me bring on our guest today. With the background in language and literature, Shoma Mitra began her career as a copywriter in Rupert Murdoch's media empire in Asia with the Star TV group in the late 90s. She then became a journalist and then turned a writer. She's based in Perth, Australia. She also is an author coach, has her own publishing company, and has helped write and publish over 200 books in just the past three years. Shoma has been a coach for one of Tony Robbins' programs for four years now. She is and always has been your pen for hire. There is so much more to her. So let me not stand between you and my conversation with Shoma. Here she is. I'm delighted to welcome my friend and my editor, Shoma Mitra. So Shoma is a book coach and consultant for emerging writers like me. Uh, she's been doing this over 30 years. Uh, she simplifies the process of publishing champions your success, you know, using using her editors and other team of editors so that you can actually feel free to publish what you want to publish. So I know that I'm going to introduce you in greater detail in the show notes. Shoma, why don't you just tell people why they should listen to our conversation? Hi, Raju. First of all, I mean, congratulations, because we got your book out and it, it's an amazing, amazing one. I had I really had a good time going through it, editing it. And most important of all, I think I learned a lot from your book. Um, everything, things, the concepts there are so deep in this bold, conscious leadership. And like I told you, I think each of those 12 chapters could themselves be one book each. So thank you for that. Um, I learned well, a lot. Well, I want this to be about you. This this shouldn't be about my book. I just want this to be about you. No, you I, are, uh, but it does are, form part of the conversation. Of course. And I'm so. going to, at some point, I'm going to say to my audience what, what my experience was working with you. So we'll we'll save it for that. But this is about you. Okay. So my background is media and journalism. And I've been a journalist um, for, um, I'm an ex-journalist now, but I was in active journalism for about 16 17 years. This was when I was back home in India. Um, I was first in television and then in print. Never camera facing, always head down, writing copy, script writing, all that sort of thing. Till I went to print journalism and there I was human interest, features writer and editor. So what that meant was I was told by our editor-in-chief to go and interview personalities. Um, sometimes they were well-known personalities. Sometimes they were just people off the street who had done something extraordinary. My job was to interview them, get their story and put it out mm. in that magazine or newspaper, wherever it was going. 
that's that's really where my interest in getting people's stories and these books came from. Along the way, I wrote my own books. I ghostwrote ghostwritten about five books: personalities, both stars, politicians, all of that. But what really kicked me off on this journey was on a trip to Africa, just a holiday trip. We went to uh, Maasai Mara, which is you know um, the uh, it's a, and the Serengeti and Maasai Mara, which is this beautiful uh, grasslands and you know, everything that's Africa. And there we went to a Maasai village. In that Maasai village, just as tourists, um, I saw this Maasai village tribe's uh, village headman sitting there. And while all the other people were milling around us, he was just watching us. So I went up to him. And we started a conversation. Obviously, he spoke Swahili. I spoke English. So it was just, you know, hand gestures. And till mm. a boy about and 13, 14 years old came to us. And he started interpreting for us. And in the course of that conversation, the village headman asked me, what do you do? So I just said, I write. And I showed him my hand and I said, I write. And he said, in our village, we have a saying, whenever an elder dies, a library burns to the ground. Mm. And when he said that, that just so kind of clicked. And, you know, even the hairs on my hand stood up because I just realized that all these years, this is what I was doing. I was collecting stories. And I, as we have grown up with grandchildren, uh, grandparents and, you know, great-grandparents um, in India who had told us stories as little children, me and my cousins, uh, you know, about the First World War, Second World War, things that happened um, to them. And we never really, we heard them, but we never really took them seriously. And I certainly didn't write them down. When he said that, whenever an elder dies, a library burns to the crown, I just realized that we are Everything we are, we're creating the social fabric of this, you know, we're creating history, basically. Even if we are not a prime minister or, you know, someone very well known, we have our own personalities. We all live our own lives in the same way. And that's when I decided I want to help people tell their stories. And what better way to do it than through a book? Because a book will mm. outlast everything like you can have viral videos and you can have all kinds of you know short and form social media and all that but a book once published will stand the test of time because we will be gone but our words will remain so that's why i'm on this journey well you answered two of my questions already before me before even we got into the conversation but i'm glad because you know one of my buddies who's next door who lives here and and this is something we talk about all the time he always says, conversations disappear. Just like rituals disappear, just like practices disappear. And then I was really taken by one of the lines in, in all the research I was doing about you. Every dream and every story is different, right? And as you just said, the book is a book is the best way to keep those stories alive because, you know, most of us die not saying things we, we probably should have said. Uh, and if we are able to catalog in a book, I mean, that's a treasure for for people, you know, at some point they grow up and it's part of our evolution, right? So it's it's uh, very touching, frankly, because I was going to ask you, like, what 
brought you on this journey and you just you know you you just talked about the turning point because ultimately these stories that you're that we're telling uh, our listeners and you and everybody else you know our turning points come from those discoveries about ourselves or revelations through other events that occur or in your case in your case it was a trip or there were turning points that are maybe from traumas failures whatever it may be right for everybody so Wow. So talk to me a little bit about besides that as a turning point, because that took you from journalism to to actually helping people express themselves through books. Being, in, I guess, an immigrant in Australia where you live, were you always an entrepreneur at heart? or what, what, Because this is entrepreneurial, because you're putting stuff on the side, your own sort of uh, maybe a, fl- a flourishing career of 17 or 16 years. And you're doing this. Why, why Why would you do that? Somewhere we're all in, not all of us, but some of us who are entrepreneurs, I think we're born with that gene. Because uh, even though I was, I'm not technically a business person. All my life I've been in service. I've been employed by a newspaper syndication or, you know, whatever it was. But I've always done side hustles before side hustle was even a thing. So... Mm-hmm. Even when I was employed, I was still freelancing for other uh, magazines, newspapers, whatever. We were allowed to do that. I, at one point when we had, um, I had little children, I couldn't be in active journalism anymore. I was still writing from home. Um, we had those old boxy computers and uh, <laughs> <or> recordings. <laughs> I'm still doing that. Um, I also start. I did a teaching degree. I started teaching in my children's school just so the vacations would coincide. That was, I didn't enjoy teaching um, little children, but um, having three children at home was enough. I think that was enough of a school <laughs> than going again, but I did it. I actually ran a daycare at home for a while <laughs> with staff and all. Which proved Wait, this was after your journalism career? This was in between, so there were gaps. So I was in television and print journalism for a while. Then, the, then the children came along, got too busy, um, mm-hmm. so I had to stop. Then I started the daycare when the children were just just keep going. Like, you know, I had to do something, otherwise I would go mad. Then, when the children started school, I did my teaching degree and started their school. And then, when they were, you know, in year five, year six, they sort of settled. I came back into journalism because I that's my only skill. I love words. Mm. Words are all I have to give. So I really enjoy that. So having said, yes, I guess that entrepreneurial gene has always been there. We had an Airbnb for a while as well, um, which I ran for some years. And then I said, so I guess, yeah, you could say that. Now, I also ran a medical conferencing company in Perth for about wow. 11 years till COVID shut us down which was very successful. So we were accredited with the Royal College of General Physicians, Surgeons, Remote and Rural Medicine, and we ran it across Australia and New Zealand. So long story short, I guess, yes, I have that gene. Wow. So you're saying that you you then, before COVID shut you down on the event business, you were you you were still a a coach for editing books, etc. Or, or no, or no. Yes, that's something I've always had. So I've always had that since. Mm. I've always had that. So I've never given up writing. Um, uh, the growth was almost organic. So I was asked 
when in Perth, when people began to know that I'm an editor and I have written books, and um, but I'm also a content strategist, my career began as a copywriter. So I was a copywriter in Rupert Murdoch's um, Star TV, which is the Asian network there. Mm-hmm. And my, yeah, so my career began in my late 20s, early 30s, copywriting for business news items. And from there, I went on to doing screenwriting, script writing for um, TV soaps, and all that sort of thing. Mm. So I trained, I guess you can call me a copywriter. So when I started my business here in Perth, again, after a long gap um, of doing various things, I we've started developing websites and doing copy and um, servicing small businesses who wanted their sales pages done, their advertising done, all kinds of things, their their brochures and all of that. That was fine, but it wasn't interesting enough for me. But as people began to know that I'm also a writer, editor, done books, I started getting invited to do presentations and on stages and um, talk to people about how the whole process of publishing works. Because we were shifting from traditional publishing which is me, incidentally, all the books I've published are traditionally published. And moving into the era of Amazon, and this is early 2000s. When you say traditional, you mean, you know, where somebody publishes your book? Yeah, like Penguin or Hatchet or, you know, you get right. this traditional publishers who pick up your book, yeah. And that's how we used to do it, till yeah. Amazon came along and changed the whole scene. Changed the world, yeah. So, yeah, that's what I was doing. And then I started speaking on stages and... Um, so my career when people try to stay uh, kind of like um, want to be on stage and so their career leads them from course to this to that to the stage mine yeah. went backwards I was presenting on stages and then from there I started getting clients and I um, councils and governments started inviting me to do presentations for them on content strategy which I still do to, till today mm-hmm. so it all started just coming together. It was never organically planned. So I'm not a business person. I don't have a business plan till this day. It's all in here. Don't say don't that loudly. It's everything. So don't, don't say that too loudly, Shoma. So this is a good point to uh, at the, a good juncture to ask you this question about, you know, when it comes to, I mean, maybe part of this will be my experience with you. Uh, and maybe before we do that, did you, is there something you were going to, because our audience is here, so still listening to us, if they wait till the end, you're going to give them something, right? Yes, yes. I'm going to give them three things, actually. Oh, so. let's, okay. So the three things, maybe just name one so that we can have them stay till the end and get all the all the three. Uh, oh, oh um, well, you they will, one, get access to me personally for... Um, and half an hour call okay. to get, I call it, get that book out of their heads. So if they've been yes. thinking of writing a book, but not quite sure, you know, how to go about it, whether there really is a book within them, uh, they get a half an hour strategy call with me. They can book in and um, we'll see where it leads. Okay. And do you want me to give you the other two as well? Well, that's okay. So that's good. Keep it, keep, keep it teasing. <laughs> there, But these are tangible things. I know, I know what it is. So let's just... Hold that, and uh, we'll but stay to the end so you can get the get the whole shebang. 
and I will not put it in the show notes till you know because people have to listen to it and get the get the download. Anyway, so so this is a good point. Talk, Chongshu, uh, talk about the experience I've had with you. You know, we had a history of coming up with our book because we we had an editor, we lost an editor, and all this stuff happened. It took a year that just like went by, and things just didn't progress with the book. And I had sort of learned a lot about the self-publishing business, and it was very clear that that's this book that we have out there that you were holding up earlier is is really going to be self-published, and and editing editing is a whole new. I mean, I'm a writer at heart, but I'm not the reader as I'm writing. We just have to write, and then it's the editors, you know, coaching and other help that that helps us to make it a book that someone would care to read. And so for me, what my experience was with you was that I came in with a lot of stress, clearly intensity. I want to get this book out ASAP, and it was it was just that timing because it was like we had promised that the book would have been out maybe a six eight months earlier, but I still had I knew that there was a process to it. It means that you still have to be. I still had to be part of the book, and and uh, you were you were so, what I can think back of course is you were very patient with me and my intensity you were incredibly you know soft with me as far as you know just do this and we'll chat about this next week and I would say no not next week how about tomorrow so I remembered some of these moments and but if I hadn't spent the week doing what you suggested I do it wouldn't have had the result right that that we ultimately got and by by no means is my book perfect. No book is ever perfect, et cetera, et cetera. But you you helped me get it over the line. And for that, that experience for me was like worth everything. So how do you juggle multiple things like you're editing many books right now? You've got overlapping stories, perhaps. There are so many coaches you deal with. There are so many, you know, uh, people who deal with it, you know, talking about their memoirs and their celebrity lives or corporate life. Any number of these people, right? Different subjects, different clients. How do you how do you keep it all together? So it's funny because someone else asked me exactly the same question yesterday. How do you do it all? We have eleven books going at the moment. So I personally have eleven books that are in various stages of editing. Some are just starting, mm-hmm. some are towards the end, and some are right in the middle. So I really have to thank my training as a journalist for being able to juggle these multiple things. So we were always taught to work on deadlines. So in if you're um, in journalism or if you're a reporter or, you know, going out doing stories, what usually happens is at any time of the day and night, your editor gives you a call or whoever's a, your boss and says, oh, there's this story happening, go out. We're sending a photographer there, go get the story. It has to go into the news in two hours or three hours or whatever time yeah. they give you. So you are with blinkers on, you're focused and you look at nothing else but that. Even in television, when we had business news going out and I was the copywriter there, news is always changing. It doesn't matter how pre-planned you are. If something happens, if there's an earthquake happening somewhere and people have died, that's what's going to be on the front page, page news. And it's not breaking news. So it's that discipline, I think, that stands me instead today. So even if I have multiple um, 
I have coaching sessions, I have editor, editing going on, I have one-to-ones, I have ghost writing. But everything is slotted in my calendar in certain time slots. So if I've told someone I'm going to take eight weeks to edit your book, it doesn't mean that I sit on the last week and do all the editing then. Of course. All through those eight weeks, maybe, you know, a Wednesday, 8 to 10, 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. is reserved for that client. What I don't do, and this is something, you know, it's a lot of fine. No people find it difficult. They open 100 bra- tabs on their browser. They're looking at their phone. They do this, they do that, and then the two hours are gone. My training has taught me that everything is shut off. If I'm doing two hours of work, it's just focused on that client because that client is paying me and he, he or she deserves that time. And so that's how I get my work done. Mm-hmm. Having said so, editing or writing is a process. So I have to give the client time as well. For example, we've done one book now in the last two months and it ideally, according to my timeline, the book should have been out by January. But the client has been sitting on it you know, they haven't read it. They have to come back to me with feedback. So we're already a month out. But so these things do happen and it's understandable. It's, you know, human things. And sure. book is a process. It's it's like you you learned like when you were editing, like it has to go sink in. It has, you have to give it time. You have to walk mm-hmm. away from it. But yeah, long and short of it is I'm very focused. So So that was my next question. So what are some of the practices habits and other forms of discipline that you practice that keeps you on the edge. So I think you touched on block time and totally block out everything else. Um, are there other things you do that keeps you, you know, yes. like really? A lot of my, um, uh, much of my time and uh, energy is focused on reading, not just other people's books, but also what's trending in today's world, what do people want to read? Because I'm, I coach a lot of people, group coaching right. and individual. So I have to keep up with um, technology as well. What's out there? What's happening? Mm-hmm. What, are people, what are people reading? What are the newest things coming out? What philosophies are coming out? What science is coming out? So a lot of my time is spent reading, which usually happens late at night, bedtime reading. That's one. Um, the other one is I've set goals. I'm a pen and paper person, so I don't really like using 100 apps with, you know, eat up my phone, chew up my phone battery. So right. most of it is done on uh, just uh, the old-fashioned notebooks. Way. Old-fashioned way, spiral notebooks, and I'm scribbling notes on there. Yes, my calendar and all that is on online, and it, so it's, it's there. Uh, that's one. Um, a lot of stuff actually happens in my head. So if I'm on a walk, if I'm cooking, if I'm cleaning the house, things like that, I'm still thinking of those books, whether it's a client's books, whether it's my books, whether it's research. So much of my time is also spent doing research. Mm. For example, um, I were to tell you that of those 11 books we're writing now, one is on cultural intelligence in the workplace. One is on drones, which... Um, uh, drones? It, wow. It's being used in technology, yes. One is about a counselor in Tennessee um, 
who was actually um, a victim. Uh, he was a refugee in the Cambodian Khmer Rouge and how he fled from there. So that's one, two, three. Another one is about um, a narcissist and his wife, how she found out her whole house was a meth den and she had two little babies. She was carrying the second one. The second one was born with, uh, you know, uh, all this meth stuff. In. I assume you're not giving away any secrets here, Shoma, right? Because they're going to be... No, 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 nothing, nothing. Because these people want their books to be out. Right. Nothing. Um, so the ones that don't, are, you're not hearing those. But these are stories that are so widely different. Wow. I'm not an expert in everything. But I still have to do a lot of research to get course. So I have to spend time doing research. So what I mean is yeah, your book, for example, I, I needed two weeks just to read up because it was so in-depth. Oh, darn. So, yeah, I don't know if I've answered Sorry your question, that. but... Yes. So, so here is here are a couple of examples of people that I know personally, who who number one, they just don't care because they have it's their book, they don't want anybody to touch it, they just want to know how to publish it, like that's one category. So I've read this book. It's a lot of pages, three four hundred pages, and it's full of, full of errors and full of bad English. So shall we say? Um, but there's nothing we can do. It's just already out there, and it's 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 self-published because that's the stubbornness of some people. I, I understand. I understand why that happens, because they don't want anybody to touch that book. Do you get people like that who say, so? So I mean, why would they even talk to you? They would say, okay, I'm just publishing. Just tell me how to publish it, right? That's one one category. The second is you've been talking lately a lot about how you can actually get a a book out in three days. People talk about. 30 days, 21 days, and you have some of those things. Is that, so So let's come clean about that. Like, can you really do a book in three days? And I know I know there are limitations, but you did it. You, I know you did it with four people that are already on your website. So so those are two examples. Let's just talk about them. Okay, so yes, I'm of, I was the traditional mindset that you need a lot of time to do a book, which I still am, you do to put in a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of um, thinking into doing a book. And it should take at least a few weeks, if not months, to do one. However, when you're running your own business or you are an expert in your own field, whether, say, it's cosmetic surgery or whether you're doing, you know, whatever, you're a fitness trainer who's been doing this for 20 years, whatever, or a hair salon expert, you know your stuff backwards. Right. Like you could close your eyes and you could you know, tell me everything about your business. Yeah. So the three-day book is only for business entrepreneurs, one who've been running a business for a while, at least two to three years, so they know their stuff backwards. Everything in that book is very process-driven. So there's no theory in there. We're not delving into the theory. We're just showing people how to do something. And they are using this book, one, to sell their business. So they're leveraging the book to sell their business um, and showing people, well, if I can do it, if I can make an apple pie in 20 minutes, I'll show you how to make an apple pie in 20 minutes. It's almost like instead of doing a YouTube video, you're giving them a set of instructions in a book 
Sure. So in order to do this, I had to try it myself first. So over Christmas, we were not doing anything, um, just sitting at home. So I decided I'm going to try and do this because I've been doing books for 30 years, so I should know everything backwards. <laughs> and if I can publish it in three days, and I had no idea if I could or not, then I'm going to teach other people to do it. So I wrote this book. I don't know if it's coming out there. I, saw, I have a copy of that book. I have it. Okay. Boost your business with a book. That's right. right? A book. And it Boost took your me business with a book. Page. It was like amazing. No. It's only a 50-page book. It's only 50 pages. It's um, It was written in one day. So I started around 6 in the morning and I finished by about, um, I don't know, with breaks in, be in between, about 8 in the evening, set it aside. Mm -hmm. Next day, day 2, I went through it again because you have to give a gap. Your your brain True. needs to filter all that. I edited it. And on day one, I also got the cover done. So I had a concept for the cover. I went, I just went on Fiverr, did not use one of my designers, went on Fiverr, saw someone who was doing it for in 24 hours, got mm. a simple cover done while I was editing the book. And then on the third day, I went and uploaded on Amazon and they published in about two hours, which is amazing. Why I did short read books was, and this is a short read book, so it barely takes you an hour, 40 minutes to read the book, is it tells you, one, everything you need to know about writing a book. So someone can just read this book and you know follow the instructions and do it. So that's what the three-day book is about. But it's also Amazon pays you per page read when you publish a short read book. It's called KENP, Kindle uh, something, I can't remember, but per yeah. page read. So if people are, have read uh, this book like, I don't know, um, 30 pages, you get paid for 30 pages read. Is that right? So over time, it keeps building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can go on and so if someone's read it 30 times, 30 pages, they'll do it. Then again, they pick up the book and someone else has read it for 15 pages, you get paid. So, And does that apply to Kindle, uh, the download as well? Kindle, it's only for Kindle, not not for the, it's only I for see. Kindle edition. Okay. Uh, I did a physical book as well, but you don't have to. Um, and so well, once I did it, then what I did was I went back and wrote down the whole structure of what I did you know, the thought process behind writing it. And then I put it out there, is does anyone else want to do it with me? And so four or five people came forward and said, yeah, let's try it. So we did an experiment. What I did, the lessons I learned from that was it's all very well to do it. And I reached bestseller category within six days. No, within oh. two days in four categories and it stayed there for about seven, eight days. Um, so... It's, it's, and I'm not a fan of the bestseller strategy thing. I think you know that. <laughs> to me, a good book is what matters, not the little flag that you get um, saying bestseller. However, people love that. If you're going to do a book that has substance, that has theory, then has some thinking behind it, then a three-day book won't work. A three-day book is only for people who want to just, you know, do a quick thing, know their process. Like I said, it's very process-driven. Do this, 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 this. And this is how I do it. Follow my steps. That's right. all it is. Yes, definitely. 
we can do like four books in a month, like every weekend, you can take a weekend and do books. For others, we're doing another one now, a challenge in February, which is a 28-day paid challenge. But it's a more in-depth book where I take you through every process. I'm practically hand-holding you. And it's almost like fill in the blanks and write your books. I've created all the templates. All the pre-work is done. People just have to follow it. And so it's a little bit of a bigger version than this. All right. Well, that's great because, hey, guys, a lot of you want to write books. I know that. Publish yourself. Take a look at her course. Uh, I, I've got an inside scoop into this. So uh, really, it's, uh, you know, you, you really are very methodical, clearly. So my next question, therefore, given that we're talking about bold, conscious leadership and connections, you couldn't have done what you've done in your life. Uh, you're, you're a mother of, ch you know, grown children, married for a long time. You're an immigrant in Australia. You've lived in Australia for, what, 20, 30 years? Longer? Um, 17. 17. 17 years. Okay. So you can't do anything without, I mean, you said when you had your kids, you were wanting to work because otherwise you would have gone crazy because you want to give outlet to your, to your talent. So to be bold, you know, we know in our book, as you know from the book, we define bold as ambitious, decisive, convinced or convicted in whatever it is you're convicted about, heart-centered and hum you know humble. What is your definition of bold and how do you think about that in your life? I think bold and conscious comes into that. Um, and what I'm going to tell you is probably come with age. If you'd asked me this question 20 years ago, I, you would have probably got a different answer. We're in the present I'm here. Saying, I don't care about... Yeah. Being you know, old is about being, being present here. Yes. True. I would say being bold is doing what your heart desires. Mm. Do what brings you joy. And without deliberately hurting someone else or hurting you know your family or try to do it within those parameters i'm not saying go out of the way and just you know throw everything on the wayside and just follow your heart no i do it with everyone mm -hmm. but do what you have to do something that makes you happy because when you do something with joy you're automatically good at it and when you're automatically good at it that brings you joy so it mm. works both ways. The reason I can work on so many books, so many courses, so many things at once is because I love doing what I do. If I didn't, it would be a chore for me and I would go mad. So to me, being bold is doing what makes you happy. From your heart, as you said earlier. From you and from the heart, yeah. Hey, I couldn't agree more. Uh, the things I... I learned from all this is amazing. So thank you for sharing that. So for someone who's, I guess you're, you're, be, you'd be thinking of a book, but I'm thinking of a leader, someone who's, you know, relatively, you know, wants to be a leader, has all these unusual things that they have to na navigate these days, the uncertainties of pre-COVID, you know, during COVID, and now we don't know where things are going, external consequences of economies being bad, recession, you name it, right? We can let all of those things bug us. But what advice would you give to someone who's, who's a budding, growing leader and wants to make an impact, perhaps through books or otherwise? See, you and I both know coming 
having come to this age, that the world will go on irrespective of us. None of us are um, irreplaceable. So there is no point to me in stressing about monetary things, about, um, I know we need to put food on the table, we need to have um, you know, our shelter, our mortgage is paid for, yes. But there is a bit more to that. When you can let go of those insecurities and do what you truly love, it may take you a, a little bit of time. I'm not saying in 30 days you're going to start making a million dollars. You probably won't, but it's a journey. And all the stresses that people have, I understand because my children are in corporate and, you know, they're facing the things that happen in a workplace, workplace bullying, there's, you know, the rat race, all of that. And family stresses, everything that's accounting for the whole, everybody's saying the economy is in a recession. How many times in the past hundred years have we been in a recession? Every few years they say that. Economists say, we still come out of it, right? So I, if you have a focus and you know what you're doing, again, it comes back to being that bold. Follow your path. Doesn't mean that you're not looking at everything else and saying, but follow your path within those parameters. If something's happening that really scares you, um, oh my God, you know, what am I, I'm going to lose my job or, you know, how do I get the next month's payment bills coming in? Yes, those are worries and I have them too. We all have. I think if, and this is probably me personally, what I do is I still keep going with the work I do and in some, this is really weird, because in some place in my head, there is peace that things will still go on. And tomorrow I could die of a heart attack. The world will still go on. So what am I stressing about really? The only thing I want, I can leave behind is the memories of how I was with other people, how I behaved. How did you perceive me? Was I a good person, a kind person, someone who helped you? Or was I one of those people who were, you know, bitchy and catty and how I'm that's happy to get rid of impression you're going to And does it all matter? Put it into perspective and see how yes. much it matters. And honestly, the tenets that you've put in those 12 tenets, unity consciousness, um, you know, being bold, being uh, having clarity on where you're going. Those 12 things are critical, vital. I would really and uh, I, I would really impress upon people to read that book and think, just not not just read it and put it away. Think about the tenets that you've talked mm -hmm. about, and you'll find that there is peace. You don't have to struggle like this. It's okay. You may make five dollars less this month. That's okay. You'll make it up the next month. And money is not everything. Again, if you've got family, if you've got loved ones, if you've got friends, if you've got Good. I think that is more important than anything money can buy. Well, again, uh, there was a plug for my book there, but the point is that it's about being it's about being connected to your heart and being able to, you know, whatever you do with your heart is going to give you joy. It doesn't matter about the money. 
the money will follow you if you're doing heartful, heartfelt work. That's what you're saying. Amazing. So uh, what is something that you can share that most people, even your clients, don't know about you? That's going to be a tough one. Um, you, ha you don't have it. I like it. It's not tough. <coughs> Pardon me? I said what I like and what I don't like. Is that what you're asking? No. What is it that, what is something that you can share about you that most people, including your clients, don't know about you or may not know yeah. about you? Like I said, I'm an open book. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I love painting. Uh, I don't know if you lot of, lot of know about that. Um, the painting behind me is my daughter's. That's not mine. But yeah, art and colors are something that really moves me. Um, mm. I love playing with colors, whether it's children's wax crayons or it's pencil crayons or acrylic or paint. Uh, I love painting and I love music. I think, but that's pretty standard for about 90% of this world's population. Everybody likes okay. painting. Right. Well, that's about you. I mean, I, I, so that's great. You're, you're a painter. Other thing I like is, um, I suppose what people may or may not know about me is getting inside people's heads. I should have Ooh, taken on psychology as an Careful with that. Yeah, I like knowing what makes people tick. So mm. uh, my <laughs> kids call me curious. Um, but yeah, I just like observing people and, you know, it, it, Simple things like on a flight or on a train journey or just sitting at the beach and things that people are doing. I also, incidentally, this is someone people don't know. I write fiction. I love writing fiction. Although I teach memoir and business books, I love fiction. And a lot of the characters come from people around me. They just de-identify. Nobody knows. And I mix up the stuff. And I think a lot of writers do that. So, of course. I mean, you know, life resembles Life resembles art and vice versa, right? Exactly, yeah. So, so, so are you saying you have a lot of fiction books out, published yourself? Earlier, yeah, yeah, earlier. Oh. I used to write a lot of, I was a children's uh, writer and editor for six years. Uh, and in that time, before I did the um, human interest, so they had put me in the children's division. And so I've got a number of books out, which are all over in India in schools and all, which are still selling really well. Um, unfortunately, I don't make any royalty because I was very young at that time and this contract I had signed with those guys, I had an agent, mm -hmm. gave me a lump sum payment. But, you know, this is like 20, 23 years on and they're still selling. So it's all good book fairs and schools and all that sort of thing. So lots of children's fiction books and a couple of my own um, fiction books. Again, they're hard copy. They're not available on Amazon because I did them like 25 years mm -hmm. ago. I write poetry. I write a lot of poetry. Wow. Um, people seem to go at poetry, but I just love it. And I've won awards in poetry and a lot, quite a few books published in poetry. Again, pre-Amazon, mm -hmm. I haven't written much, not published much. I still write a lot. I should probably start publishing. Those yeah, books you should. Now. Don't deprive the world of your gifts, Shoma. Nobody likes poetry. Poetry is like a lot. Not true. I write. I belong to a writer's club now here locally. And there's a whole poetry group that I cannot, half the group is poetry. Yeah, it's amazing. 
memoir. So uh, I love. Yeah, listen, I can go on and on. We can talk forever. Um, so I'm going to ask you uh, one last question. You know, there's so much learning wisdom, and I don't take anything for granted. So I appreciate your time. Always, every conversation leads to something new that you didn't know about the other person. So I think my audience and others who are listening to this, you know, we appreciate your presence. And in that context, what discoveries might you have had in this conversation, this last 45 minutes or so? I think you made me think about a lot of things that I don't generally think about. For example, your last question stumped me. Um, you know, what do people not know about me? Uh, I honestly don't even know. I mean, you could come up and tell me, Shoma, I've seen you doing this. And I'd say, oh, really? Uh, so um, I've learned about that. I've learned from you about um, going deep, about thinking. Um, and from this conversation, I guess, I didn't realize how, I guess, disciplined I was or how I'm always on track. It's almost uh, like, I guess you would call it a disease, like almost being obsessive. You know, you have that obsessive compulsive disorder. I guess I'm OCD when it comes to work. I have to get everything done. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Well, really, um, so for those still listening, uh, you know, check the show notes. I'm going to be putting all the stuff underneath the show notes for who Shoma is, where you can, where can they reach you? And and what are, we had mentioned three gifts earlier. We talked about one. Did you want to talk about them now? The other two? Absolutely. Or summarize the three? So one, of course, is um, the book. You can get the book and that'll teach you how to write your own book. It's just, a, like I said, a 50-page read. You uh -huh. can get it on Amazon and I'll give you the link. Um, for your readers, if you're interested in getting just the free PDF of the book, I will give it to Raju to put it in the show notes and you can download the PDF without paying the 99 cents or whatever okay. it is on Amazon. But you're welcome to download from there. The other was, like I said, a free strategy call with me um, to get that book out of your head. And the third is slightly different from book writing. If you are an entrepreneur and you are struggling with copy and messaging, messaging in your website, your landing pages, your sales copy, your just social media messaging, I'm, I guess, you know, without sounding to this, I guess I am good with messaging and with connecting to people just because of my training as a copywriter. So what really makes content convert? How do you get inside? Again, it's going into people's psychology. And so mm -hmm. I'm happy to do again another 30-minute session. This is usually a four-hour workshop. But if some people come to me in a group, I can do a group of 10, 20 people, a 30-minute session free of cost. And I will show you how to get your messaging right. That's super important, guys, because that's what works these days. Uh, and I've had the benefit of, you know, of, of some of that input from Shoma myself. So highly recommend it. So I think what we could do is to the extent that you get uh, based on the contact information we'll put down. And if they say 
bold conscious connections or they say Shoma episode with Ra- with Raju. You refer to that and then you'll get the what we're talking about because I'm not going to leave the, other than the free PDF, I'm not going to leave everything in the show notes because then it doesn't give the people incentive to, to, to watch, right? It's easy to go to the show notes. So I'll mention those in the, so is that okay with you? That they just reach out to you and then yeah, refer to the conversation and then you'll give them the, the links to wherever they need to go. Beautiful. Well, thank you, Sean. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you for having me. conversation. Um, and I hope well, you all good luck with your. Out. Well, I'm sure they will. And good luck with your February session that starts the 28 day one. And uh, hope you get many budding authors and writers who are about to be published. I hope so too. Okay. You know, the right. scariest part of publishing a book is the thought that I've got to do it. That's what stops That's right. a lot of people. That's right. All right. So get over the hump, guys. All right. Thanks again. Take care, Firma. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. I really hope you enjoyed this episode today. We strive to bring you conversations that make you think, reflect, and perhaps inspire you to take even one little step in your path towards personal growth and greater wisdom. Please download the show or the podcast episode that you just heard and leave us a comment so that we can continue to bring you meaningful and relevant topics in the future. Take care and thank you so much.